Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, folks, to another thrilling episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Yeah. Now, today's date 
is, wow, we're already in August. Wow. Today's date is August 6th, 2018. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. And I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. All right, so... Well, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you, yes, you, suffer from Trump derangement syndrome? You've heard of it, haven't you? Well, right now the country is in the throes of a major epidemic. Yes. With no known cure whatsoever and some pretty scary symptoms. It's called, yes, you heard it already, Trump Derangement Syndrome or TDS if you insist. And it's rapidly spreading from the point of origin, the political class, yes, to the population at large, citizens of the United States of America. Now in the first stage of this disease… Victims lose all sense of proportion. The president, every tweet provokes a firestorm. As if 140 characters were all it took to change the world and set people's brains on fire. Trump set up a single phone call with the Taiwanese... uh, with Taiwan's president, and suddenly Trump deranged syndrome patients were insisting that our one China policy was no more. Remember that? Right after he was elected? I mean, they just went wild. Everything that the president does, everything he says, is twisted and turned into something evil. It's been suggested day after day by liberal Democrats that the president is unfit to be president, that he's not presidential, and that he is unfit to hold the office. And a lot of it stems from the fact that, you know, Trump had a he had an actual life before he ran for president. He had an actual life. He was married divorced, married again, divorced, and married again. He has children. He's had businesses. He's had a, he's has a, he has a public life. He has a, a public footprint. He has a brand. He's an actual person who has lived and who has made mistakes, and a lot of them public, and somehow him the, by by virtually being a human being a living breathing human being with 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 fails failures and and um and foibles and stuff going on that's proper and not proper in some cases well that somehow makes him unfit to be president some of the things he said makes him unfit to some. 
that infamous comment about grabbing women by the genitalia. Frankly, men say that kind of stuff all the time to each other. We just haven't been put on tape. A lot of guys talk like that. I usually don't. That doesn't mean I'm not thinking it. doesn't mean that you know, I don't have stuff weird stuff on my mind. I just haven't been put on tape. So what I'm trying to say here is that unlike many politicians whose images are polished and put in front of us as well wholesome, good old-fashioned Americans with good old-fashioned American values, even Democrats, yes, people who've rarely, if ever, made mistakes with nothing but the best intentions. They're all about America. They're all about taking care of American citizens in the way that we should be. They're all about, I mean, they're just polished. The best hair, the best makeup, the finest suits. They're put out for public scrutiny. And any skeletons that were in their closet, well, those have been scrubbed away long before. And so when candidates are put before us, and we see congressmen and senators and assemblymen and mayors and governors put out there, they're held to the highest standard. And we believe that these people that we have elected and considering electing have no flaws. And if they do, they're basically benign. They may have spanked their child once or twice. They may have even disciplined their puppy with harsh language. But they're good old-fashioned wholesome Americans. Well, so here we come. Here comes President Trump. Wow, what a scandal monger. What a rogue. What a bore. What a what a moron. This guy is brainless. No no matter that he graduated at the top of his class at the Warden School of Business, which is a prestigious business school as they come. No matter that, yes, he's had some failures in business, but a lot of businessmen have. Oh, he's declared bankruptcy so many times. He's never had a successful business. He's failed, 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 where a lot of people have failed. Think about the 16,000 times Thomas Edison screwed up the light bulb. I mean, 16,000 times before he got it right. Failures, 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 failures. Failures, they say. He's not presidential. He's a failure. He's a sideshow. He's a freak. He's not presidential. He's not fit for the office. Why? Because he doesn't fit the mold? Because he doesn't toe the line? Because he speaks his mind? Because he says what he's thinking? And because he's not afraid to step over that politically incorrect line? Why? He's doing the job. He's doing a great job. Every single promise that he put forth to the American people, he has fulfilled so far and more. And like he said, we're winning, 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 and more winning. 
and Democrats are beside themselves because they have their hearts set on Hillary Clinton being president and continuing President Barack Hussein Obama's policies. They just knew it was going to happen. And when it didn't, they're looking for somebody to blame, yes, and they're blaming Russia. They're saying that Trump didn't win fair and square. They're saying that, well, you know, he's not our president because he cheated. He didn't win, and if it weren't for the Russians and Trump in Russia's pocket, Hillary would be president. They're making up all types of excuses, not, not that Hillary – was completely and utterly unlikable. Not that majority of Americans simply did not trust her. Not that she ran a terrible campaign, just like she did when she ran against Obama. None of those things. No. But let's get back to Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, so we've talked about the first stage. Of Trump derangement syndrome. The middle stages of TDS have a profound effect on the victim's vocabulary. Sufferers speak in distinctive language. Consistently consisting of hyperbole. Politico recently ran a piece that noted Trump's supposedly unprecedented decision to continue using his private security force, which provoked former independent presidential candidate Evan McCullen to tweet himself, quote, a predictable move for a kleptocratic authoritarian, kleptocratic authoritarian who wants to operate outside the bounds of law and basic ethical standards. Wow. That's what he got from that. Even more troubling, he may use the forces, lack of government oversight, and presidential veneer to carry out extra-legal acts of force. This is what... uh, I never even heard of this guy. You ever hear of this guy? Uh, Independent presidential candidate Evan uh, McMullen? I'd never heard of him until now. But this is what he said about Trump's uh, uh, insistence at one point of using his private security force. This was back when he was president-elect. Now, it's quite a stretch to suggest that a desire to keep trusted lieutenants is actually a sinister plot to create a version of brown shirts <laughs> but such illogical leaps are you know they're the pathway <laughs> to the next stage of TDS a state of consistent hysteria you've seen it you've watched CNN a lot of you out there watch CNN and MSNBC so you see it all of the time Right now, we're going to, yeah, we're going to take a short break. I'm laughing about something that's going on in the chat room right now. There's some there's some interesting stuff happening in the chat room right now. But hey, let me go ahead and take a quick break. And I want you to listen to this. Trump, the, the funniest Trump can't win compilation. I've played it once before, but you know, it never gets old. 
listen to this and, you know, feel free to laugh your ass off. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones situation. He's not going to be the nominee, Chuck. I mean, as you know, I'm ahead in Ohio. <laughs> so, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way! <laughs> so he will be tempted to run, be predictably shellacked. Do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this, okay? He's a sideshow. This is going to turn a three-ring circus into a freak show. He's not running for president. He's running for keep me famous. I thought this was maybe some strategy for a new reality show. How should Republicans handle Donald Trump? Uh, ignore him. And Donald Trump is not going to be the nominee of this party. Well, I don't think it's likely that Donald Trump will be the nominee. Well, I, I do, based on your theme, believe that he's here to stay for a while, maybe through a few primaries, but he is not going to be the nominee. Well, I'm going to support the Republican nominee, and I'm comfortable that it's not going to be Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Um, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump will not become president! He's not going to be president. He is not, Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right, all right. You think if he becomes the president, he'll make, make it great. The state is already gone. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships no, come down no, filled no. with dinosaurs and red cakes. I'm not like, um, <laughs> but, Take it from me. How about that? And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs> Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. So when you stand and deliver that State of the Union address, in no part of your mind or brain can you imagine Donald Trump standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address? Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. He will never be president of the United States. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs> okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? But, but, but come on, come on, buddy. All, let's say, cow poo poo aside. There is zero chance we'll be seeing you being sworn in on the Capitol steps with your hand on a giant golden Bible. I'll make a prediction, though, for you. I, I don't really get into predictions much, but this one I'll go way out on a limb. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United States. That Trump should not be in this race. He's an absurdity. He is a travesty. Donald Trump will never be elected president of the United States. Donald Trump is a here today, gone tomorrow candidate for president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Uh, ever respectful of the fact that the people have not voted, he's not going to be president of the United States. 
Let's be clear. Right. Donald Trump will lose the election. Right, you I mean, he had a really good chance to be different and really have a chance to change. I, I think you, I think you, I think you get the point. So Donald Trump, all of these folks, uh, Nancy Pelosi, a lot of political pundits out there, a lot of voices that you heard, I'm sure you're familiar with, and then, and then there are a lot of those the comedians and and uh, newsmakers out there, and they are all saying that. Donald Trump would not be president of the United States. They swore by it. And you heard a lot of these people state that there was no way that Donald Trump would ever be president, that it's not going to happen. All of these people put it out there. They put it out there, and they swore that this was all a big joke, that it would never happen. So imagine the night that he won, that he actually won. The egg on the face of these people must have been tremendous. I mean, can you imagine? Now, to be fair, I didn't think that he would win either. I was almost sure that he was going to lose. And you know what? I, but unlike unlike the people that you just heard, I was heartbroken by it. I was thinking Hillary, Hillary's going to win. You know, this is bad. It's going to be the bad, bad for the country. If Hillary wins, she's going to continue Obama's policy. She may break with a few here and there to establish her own, uh, her own uh, agenda. But she's a liberal. And she stated a lot of the things that she wanted to do. And every single thing, every single idea and proposal and policy, I certainly, I vehemently disagreed with. And so when I thought that she was going to win, I was crestfallen. I'll, I'll admit it. And then suddenly, over the course of the night, November 2016, my man, my man pulls it out in dramatic fashion. Over 300 electoral votes, all total, like 308, I believe. Eight or ten. And I was, I was speechless for a while. I couldn't believe it, but I was so happy and so excited. So imagine my point of view versus the, the pundits. And politicos that you just heard. And so now they are all like, wow. Well, if he won, and we've been saying that he would never win, then something must be amiss. It's the Russians. It was all in the bag because the Russians and Trump colluded to engineer the election to go in his favor. This is what this is what these liberals are saying. And so every single thing that the president does, every move that he makes, they're they're just well, they're suffering from TDS. Now, 
TDS victims routinely compare President Trump to Hitler. To Hitler. Time magazine ran an opinion piece that asked, and I quote, just how similar. Now, I'm not joking here. Time magazine ran an opinion piece that asked, and I quote, just how similar is Donald Trump to Hitler, end quote. The answer, the comparison between Hitler and Trump is so poignant because both men represent their personal character as the antidote to all social and political problems, end quote. This is the magazine's Now, since Hitler's been dead for more than 70 years, victims may feel the need, victims of... Of, of of Trump derangement syndrome may feel the need for more a, a more a more potent boogeyman because Hitler Hitler's been dead for a long time. A tyrant with well more currency you think. And they found one in Russia's president Vladimir Putin, whom they insist ordered a hacking campaign to help Trump win the election. That's right. The other day, Tucker Carlson of uh, Fox News interviewed TDS-riddled rep Alan Schiff, Democrat from Burbank, California. Carlson asked for evidence, evidence, mind you, that Putin alleged machinations, was it machinations, had any effect on the election, whether or not. So, Schiff, unable to come up with a coherent answer, Schiff morphed into J. Edgar Hoover, stating that you're carrying water for the Kremlin. Well, quote, you're carrying water for the Kremlin, end quote. He said, you're going to have to move your show to Russia today. This is what he said to Tucker Carlson. So instead of answering the question, and instead of offering up proof, he simply attacked Carlson, and a lot of us conservatives can under, can can feel that pain because whenever we conservatives ask almost almost consistent well consistently when we when we republicans when we conservatives ask democrats where's your proof or would you mind citing some facts here and there you know what? What uh, research do you have to back up what you just said? No, they go on the attack, and this is what Adam Schiff did with Tucker Carlson the other day when asked, "Where's your proof?" Now, if you ask a TDS victim what might help them feel better, well, that's a different story. They'll use the word "normalize," as in. We mustn't normalize Trump. What they're really saying is that normal means of dealing with him aren't enough. Which raises the question, if he's another Hitler, if he's in league with Putin, then why is assassination out of the question? Poke a TDS victim 
And you'll find they don't think that solution is out of the question at all. No, they don't. This is the final stage of the TDS epidemic. Violence against a democratically elected leader. So, folks, I have to say that unless a cure for TDS is found, this is where we're headed. Democrats, liberals advocating the removal via via political means or assassination. Yeah. This is where this is where we're heading. We're seeing some media mental illness regarding Donald Trump also. Fake mainstream news sources have actually succeeded in broadcasting so much unbridled fear into the United States that weak-kneed left-leaning Americans are coming down with a mental illness that goes by two different names. Trump anxiety disorder and, of course, Trump derangement syndrome. We're seeing it happen. All you have to do is turn on CNN right now, right now, or turn on MSNBC right now. It's all Trump all the time at the expense of other, other news. An earthquake could be happening in Malaysia, and CNN will be talking about Trump or his wife or his children, and they may acknowledge that there is an earthquake in Malaysia or some such place and then get back to talking about Trump. Now the systems of these the symptoms of these conditions like um Trump anxiety disorder and Trump derangement syndrome well these symptoms and conditions include a delusional belief that it is the end of the world that America has become dysfunctional to the point of there being no turning back. It's also a disorientation that's beyond the liberal norm, an unhealthy obsession which follows every liberal news channel's apocalypse of the day, a deep sense of anxiety and dread, and being prone to unhinged hissy fits. If anyone dares to besmirch the sterling reputation of either Hillary Rodham Clinton or Barack Obama, bam, you can kiss your ass goodbye. If you're on one of those channels, just ask Judge Janine Pirro when she appeared on The View the other day, and Whoopi went completely nuts. Whoopi showed her ass. You, you know... I don't know if you know much about Whoopi Goldberg, but back in the 60s when she was plying her trade in New York, she had a couple of choices for names. One was Whoopi Goldberg, and the other was Whoopi Cushion. Neither of those is her actual name, but 
she went with Whoopi Goldberg instead of Whoopi Cushion. That says it all with thus those two choices. Now, Whoopi went off and showed her ass when Judge Janine went on her show and it was embarrassing and it showed what we are what we've been talking about this evening. Trump anxiety disorder. She she experienced she she showed both. Trump anxiety disorder and Trump derangement syndrome and they're on display right here and right now. Take a listen. So to all you on the left who are threatening our president, shouting down and even attacking his supporters and rooting against America, you're kidding yourselves if you think that what you're doing is standing up for America. What you're doing is tearing down America. And when you do, you're tearing down something more important than even the president of the United States. You're tearing down the values of the United States itself. Every week I do an opening statement on whatever it is that has me fired up. This week, take a look. The GDP under Obama was barely one. We're going up to four. So you want to talk about no, his yeah, crime? I, 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 I fought about a metric, for a law I, for his crime. I also think it's important, as we said, 89% of the Republican Party still supports him. He still has huge popularity in the country. And if Democrats don't get their you-know-what together, he's certainly going well, to get the Here's my question for you. Here's my question for you because you talk about you talk about. I am not. Nobody is. Oh, yeah. Did you just point at me? Yeah. Listen, I don't have Trump derangement. Let me tell you what I have. Okay. I have a lot of, I'm tired of people starting a conversation with Mexicans or liars and rapists. I'm tired of people starting a conversation about this country. Listen, I'm 62 years old. There have been a lot of people in office that I didn't agree with, but I have never, ever, seen anything like this. I've never seen anybody whip up such hate. I've never seen anybody be so dismissive. And I, and clearly you don't watch the show, so you don't know that I don't suffer from that. What I suffer from is the inability to figure out how to fix this. That's my issue. But one of the things that you talk about a lot, and I'm curious about it, is the deep state. How long has the deep state been there and who's running it? I want to answer your question because you gave you had to ask you a question. You had your opening statement, which was how horrible it is that Donald Trump is talking about all of these people. You know what what you said? You said you you said that when people shouldn't be here end up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? horrible When the president of the United States whips up people to beat the hell out of people. No, say goodbye. After that, I was cursed at, and I and my team were thrown out of the building. Should I be angry? I suppose I should. But in the end, this isn't about me. 
And nobody needs to feel sorry for me. I'm a big girl. When I go back on The View again, no one intimidates me. But more on this issue, specifically to Whoopi, who I've known for years later in the show. As I said, this isn't about me. There's a bigger issue at play here. The view is just a microcosm of what's going on in this country. The level of hatred toward the 45th president of the United States is beyond anything we've seen in American history. He was once an icon sought after for movies, television, by politicians on both sides of the aisle, sports figures, and yes, even the media. Then he ran for president. Now Donald Trump is the target of vitriol so palpable, it's simply frightening, and reason has become irrelevant. We can't have conversations anymore, and the ripple is national in scope. Family, friends, acquaintances can't even talk to each other. They remove each other from Facebook, and they change dinner and family gathering plans for the holidays depending on their politics. It's almost impossible to have a rational discussion that doesn't turn into a food fight. And for some, it's now even fashionable to threaten the President of the United States. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. They asked me would I like to debate this gentleman. And I said no. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. And that's not all. When a member of Congress can say this about people who work for and support the president, we have a real problem in America. You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. welcome anymore, anywhere. The anger of the left in America is out of control. When White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders needs Secret Service protection because she speaks for the President of the United States, something's wrong. When we get screamed at, even before we give an opinion, something's wrong. When it's acceptable to shout people down, when it's acceptable to not hear what people think, that's the first step to where we don't think. And thinking you're right and not allowing debate is fascism, whether it comes from a Democrat or a Republican, or the right or the left, it's wrong. It seems in America today that the takedown of a president is more important than the success of our nation. I lived through eight years of Barack Obama. A lot of you heard my opens. I was very clear in my objection to his policies, but I never rooted for America to fail. The things that we should all want and that no one would be against simply don't matter anymore. 
Minority unemployment, the lowest in history. The economy soaring. ISIS defeated. Tax cuts for everyone. They don't seem to matter if it's under this president. Some people are even rooting for an economic collapse. Because I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please, bring on the recession. Sorry if that hurts people, but it's either root for a recession or you lose your democracy. So to all you on the left who are threatening our president, shouting down and even attacking his supporters and rooting against America, you're kidding yourselves if you think that what you're doing is standing up for America. What you're doing is tearing down America. And when you do, you're tearing down something more important than even the President of the United States. You're tearing down the values of the United States itself. Everyone has the right to speak. But when you can't even listen to what someone has to say because you despise the man who is President, you undermine not the President of the United States, you undermine the United States. All right. Well said. That's um, Judge Jeanine Pirro, who has a um, he uh, the Judge Jeanine Pirro show on Fox News, and she is exactly right. And you heard the way that Whoopi behaved on the show and the result of that. The judge wasn't allowed to answer Whoopi's question. And then when the judge attempted to answer Whoopi's question, as you all heard, she clearly put to the judge. She shouted the judge down before she could answer and then had her removed from the broadcast. Now, the judge stated that uh, she'd known Whoopi for years. She didn't say that they were friends, that they hung out. But, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that happens all the time. Not just in public like we witnessed on The View, but in our homes, in our workplace, on the street, wherever we may be, if a Democrat or a liberal disagrees with a conservative, there's usually a shouting match that ensues, and usually it's extremely one-sided. I've had numerous times, uh, I had it happen, had occurred, um, had had occurrences uh, where um, I have been shouted down by simply asking a simple question. And asking for clarification or asking for uh, uh, facts or asking for evidence of this or that. Uh, I was recently told by a black person, well, Trump's, is, Trump's a racist. And I, and, I, and I asked, well, you know, well, how do you know that? You know, what, what, what's he said? What, 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 what has he said that suggests that he's racist? Of course – Trump's never stated that, you know, he hates blacks. He's never used the N-word or the B-word or the C-word or the D-word or any of those other words. Uh, The closest thing that anyone has stated 
that suggests that Trump is a racist is when he stated that, um, what do you have to lose in voting for me? Your neighborhoods are in disarray. There's crime. There's all sorts of things going on. Vote for me. I'll help. That's basically what Trump said. And somehow that was viewed in both the mainstream media and in the black community that Trump is a racist. And by stating that folks are coming across the border, Mexicans are coming across the border, and a lot of them are committing crimes, rape, murder, that sort of thing, well, that's racist to a lot of liberals. Well, I mean, but it it just happens to be fact. You know, a lot of folks coming across the border are committing crimes. Not everyone, no. But to simply suggest that many of the illegal immigrants coming across the border are committing crimes is somehow racist. How is it racist if these things are facts? I mean, I don't understand where the racism comes into play there. Okay, so to flip the script, we're going to talk about something else briefly because we only have about 14 minutes left. There's a lot of you know that I'm from Chicago. I'm a native of Chicago, Illinois, and I'm a native of the south side of Chicago. So I want you to take a listen to this clip, and and then uh, you know we'll get on with the show. But Rahm Emanuel… The Democrat mayor of the city of Chicago, who is being asked to resign um, because he's doing such a poor job there, uh, he has declared the city of Chicago a Trump-free zone, and he has suggested that Trump is not welcome in the city of Chicago. And… But Chicago is suffering from a massive, major deficits, nearly going bankrupt. Crime is rampant. The school system is in tatters. Rahm Emanuel has been a disaster for the city, and the city is teetering on the brink of bankruptcy. And yet – oh, and also the city of Chicago is a sanctuary city for illegals. So not only do you have all of that going on. You have a massive crime wave. Violence in Chicago is at epic proportions. And remember this, folks. We talked about it the other day. The city of Chicago and the state of Illinois has the, some of the most stringent gun uh, uh, um, rules, for lack of better verbiage right at this moment, than most of the other, uh, other cities and other countries. It has some of the stringent gun laws. In in all of the United States, so let's let's take a listen to this. This past weekend, gun violence ripping across Chicago, killing ten and leaving dozens wounded. One protester who took to the streets on Thursday to try to stop the growing violence had a message for the president. We have to make sure that President Trump recognized that not everyone believes that um, Chicago is a, a Trump-free zone. If he's serious about helping the people in Chicago, especially on the west side of Chicago, I accept his help. Wow. Uh, joining us right now to discuss uh, the city, uh, discuss the city, the crisis that it's in and the carnage that's happening is Democratic Illinois State Representative LaShawn Ford. 
LaShawn, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. We saw you on the street there. Uh, what could you expect or what do you hope the president does? Well, you know, I, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm so happy to be working with your contributor, Gianni Codwell, who's mm -hmm. from Chicago. As a Democrat, I come here today calling on the president. He said he wanted to help people in Chicago. I accept that help. That's number one. We have to um, receive the help from the president of the United States. Illinois is one of the states that sends billions of dollars to the federal government and the taxpayers of Illinois help now. Um, as a Democrat um, from Chicago, you know, we are in a state of emergency in Chicago. Over 1,700 people have been shot um, since the beginning of the year. And this weekend, you guys have noted that 63, but of the 63, three of those people were shot right steps from my church on the west side mm. of Chicago. One shot dead in the head, and also we had two others um, critically right. wounded. Right steps from my church, St. Martin de Porres, on the west side of Chicago. Terrible. Hey, LaShawn, um, I know that part of the rally that, uh, that Gianna went to on Thursday was to try to embarrass the mayor, Mayor uh, Rahm Emanuel, to get him to do something. The Chicago Police Department, you say, is not trusted by the people. Explain that. Well, it's clear that the Chicago Police Department is not trusted with the mass genocide that's happening on the streets of Chicago. You can't get the cooperation with the citizens in the community to help solve the crimes. Chicago right now um, have more unsolved crimes than they do solved crimes. And so what we have to do is make sure that there is some trust between the Chicago police and um, the community. How do you do that? Happening. How do you do that? You know, you have to be fair, you have to be honest, and you have to make sure that you're respecting the people that you patrol. I represent a community on the west side that the government allows drugs and gangs um, to dominate those communities where senior citizens and children are hostage. They're held hostage in their homes, they're held hostage in their community, and they can't enjoy the liberties that are afforded to them by everyone else. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. And we need the president's help in Chicago because we pay taxes. We send federal money. Illinois is one of the um, states uh, that's Yeah, you guys certainly attacked. Yes. Yeah, LaShawn. So I know that America, you know, we go on the international community and we help some of the communities that are the most violent. And I know that we can stop the crime in Chicago if we can stop crime and make peace in the uh, countries where I know that it's much more violent Michelle. and there's more intelligence to it. Mm -hmm. We can't let the criminals outsmart our most intelligent people in America. We can stop this if we really wanted to. LaShawn, what's your message for your mayor, for Rahm Emanuel? I think um, the mayor, uh, he must um, take away the thought that um, Chicago is a Trump-free zone because taxpayers deserve to have the president come in and bring resources to the community. We need to make sure that the billions of dollars that we send to Washington comes back, and the mayor should be working closely with Trump. He should be working closely with the Labor Department. He should be working closely with the U.S. Hood. Um, the Surgeon General, because there's so much trauma on the west and south sides of right. Chicago, 
we must do everything. LaShawn, he, he's very focused on he's very focused he's very focused on people like Sanctuary City. I'm not going to throw the mayor under the bus. Yeah. I'm going to let him know that I want to work. All right, welcome back to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. You get the point, right? 63 people shot in Chicago over the past weekend, just the past weekend. How, how is it that 63 people are shot in Chicago over the course of a weekend, and Chicago boasts some of the most stringent gun laws in the nation? How is that possible? Think about that the next time a shooting occurs, God forbid, a mass shooting occurs, and Democrats and liberals start talking about gun control, start talking about gun violence, and start talking about more stringent gun laws. Think about what I'm saying right now and what you just heard. Think about it. 63 people shot in Chicago over the past weekend, and Chicago has some of the most stringent, strict gun laws in all of the nation. Do you know what's happening, folks? Law-abiding citizens aren't killing and shooting people. That much has been established. Criminals are finding ways to get guns, and they are shooting other people. And they're shooting innocent people, and they're shooting other criminals. You know, it's not that hard to get your hands on a gun if you're intending to commit a crime. It's more difficult to get a gun if you're a law-abiding citizen who wants a gun for protection, maybe for yourself, for you and your family, whatever. It's harder for someone like me and you to, to, to register for a gun, buy the gun, go through all the checks, all of that stuff, the background checks, and all the other stuff that we have to go through in order to get a gun legally. When a criminal can just go to the hood or wherever and talk to his connect and he can be armed to the teeth before nightfall if he starts out sometime about noon. It's just that simple. A criminal can get his hands on a gun easily. And you know what? On another note, when I was a kid, I'm talking about 13, 14, 15 years old. Me and my little buddies used to find stray bullets on the ground, whole bullets, 22s mostly. And all we needed was a pipe. And we fashioned a handle at the end of the pipe, got ourselves a, a pretty taut rubber band and a nail. And we put that little bullet inside the tube this little pipe we had, and pull back the, the rubber band with the nail attached to it, and bam, fired off around. Now, it's crude, rudimentary, probably not at all accurate. We hit a, I hit a tree once. But 
if you can't buy a gun, you can always fashion one out of something. Here's the problem with liberals. They don't think straight. <laughs> Logic is out the window. It makes there's just no sense to it whatsoever. None whatsoever. Hey, there's uh hey, I got uh uh Panky in the uh in the chat room. That's been quite some time since you've been there. Hey, good to see you, buddy. All right, but you understand what I'm saying. Think about this. Once more, I just want to say it again. The next time God forbid there ever it ever happens again. But the next time, if it happens again, a mass shooting occurs and you turn on your TV to CNN, MSNBC, one of those one of those one of those channels and you hear representatives from the house, representatives from the Senate and pundits and all types of people talking about more stringent gun laws. Think about the 63 people shot in Chicago over the course of the weekend in a city that hosts the most stringent gun laws in the nation. It's just not going to work out that way. I want to thank you all for listening to the show. It's been great having you, and I, I, I'm welcoming all the folks we have in the show, had in the chat room tonight. And uh, Panky, who came to the chat room, thank you. 70 shot, 14 dead. I, I stand corrected. There were 70 shot and 14 dead in total. Wow. Think about that, folks. In a place that has some serious gun laws. That means, that tells you right then and there that these are not law-abiding citizens who are pulling the trigger. These are criminals. And most likely they're shooting other criminals. I don't have the stats on that, but I'll try and get them for you by tomorrow. Anyway, thank you folks for listening. Have a great night. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. And God bless our president, Donald John Trump. We're out.
Where troubles melt like lemon drops Way up above the chimney tops That's where you Yeah.